0: I'm Danny Ruderman, and this is Extraordinary You, a podcast that shares inspiring stories of young people who have done incredible things and how they did it. Our guest today is 21-year-old Austin Locke, a junior at NYU where he studies filmmaking and also works as a stand-up comic. Austin got his start in comedy when he was in high school and began performing at 6 to 12 open mics per week in order to learn the craft. He then started doing comedy shows in his dorms at NYU and now performs regularly in clubs around New York and Los Angeles, including Caroline's on Broadway and The Laugh Factory. Austin, welcome to XU.
1: Hey, thank you. It's good to be here.
0: So, my first question for you is German Shepherd or Pugs?
1: uh for to, to have as a pet i mean or just in general just in general like who would win in a fight german I'm, shepherd you define it however you want okay um pugs Pubs. across the board really yeah why i they're cuter i don't know How dare you yeah i'm awesome. sorry are you a german shepherd guy i am a german shepherd guy, but i won't hold it against honestly, you honestly i don't have strong opinions on this you could sway me <laughs> yeah.
0: okay well let me ask you a question that you may know better cool. um let's talk about
1: uh you growing up tell me sure. about your family uh, my family. Uh, it's pretty traditional for this part of the world. Mom and dad. Um, I'm the oldest of five kids. Uh, we're all, all four boys and then the little oh girl. God. Yeah, I know. are You've you've had three of them. I have had three of them. Yeah. I, I
0: say this like I don't know Austin, yeah, you don't but know I, I have well. known yeah. him
1: for several years, exactly. so
0: I do know his family.
1: Yeah, uh, mom and dad, um, four boys, uh, little girl. She was adopted from China. She's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> I'm the oldest... Uh, yeah, that's yeah. most of
0: it Were they uh, influential on you growing up in any way?
1: My dad is one of those dudes who he, he really strongly believed this to his core, that like you can get away with anything if you're funny, and my mom disagrees 100%. Awesome, in fact, and actually that,
0: that brings up a story that I remember um, that you wrote in your NYU application, actually, can you tell everybody about that?
1: Yeah, so uh, this one time we were traveling, I don't remember where we were, but it was somewhere uh, not America, and we were coming back through customs, and it was like the whole family, and I was the last one. And they were checking our passports, and everyone got through except for me. And the border patrol agent like stops me. He's like going through my passport, and um, he my dad like comes back through the metal detector, and he's like, "What's the problem? They they were fine. Why isn't he fine?" And then the dude basically tries to get like a bribe from my dad. He's like, "Yeah, give us this amount of money, and he's fine." And my dad was like. Actually, you can just have him. And then my dad walked back through <laughs> and he, uh, I think he got on the plane, actually. I'm pretty sure it was like a small airport and he was like sitting on the plane and I'm just there trying to figure out how I'm going to start my new life in this country. <laughs> um, and then they let me through because I was 14. And when you got, you got it to the plane, if I remember,
0: your dad said, what do you? Do you remember? I, I do.
1: do say it. I don't remember
0: this. He, he does. To say it. I remember all the essays. He's <laughs> like, what took you so long?
1: What took you? Yeah, that's right. He did say that.
0: And the reason I bring that yeah. up is because this is a really interesting story. What do you think? that these types of things, because you have lots of these stories that your Mm -hmm. dad put you in these crazy situations overseas. What did it do for you?
1: Uh, It made me not trust my dad that much. (laughs) Obviously. Um, I I feel like it's the kind of, I feel like my dad's perspective on the world is that like, if you're just like strong headed about it, that it'll be fine. Right. Like he's not like, he doesn't worry about like those little, because he's like, He's like he's a journalist. He's like a travel writer. So mm-hmm. he's been in that situation before, and he knows that, that guy has no intention of not letting me on the plane. Right. You know, and he's like he has like these weird things in his head. Like another one was one time his laptop got stolen on a bus in China, and he made like the bus stop and like he called the police and like all this like other like weird like that you wouldn't do right like in a, like a like normally like normally you'd be like by, oh sorry he got it stolen in China by the Chinese government. I forgot to mention that <laughs> nice part. Um, nice. And normally you'd just be like, oh, I should leave now. But he's just very hard-headed about those kind of things. So would it be too far to say that it sort of made you fearless? No, I'm definitely afraid of things. But um, (laughs) it definitely made me – he kind of – one thing about him is that he questions, like, the order of things. And that's not great a lot of the times. But, like, sometimes, like, it helped. Like, especially, like – okay, so when I was, like, 17, I was, like, trying to, like, get into comedy clubs and stuff. And so I had to figure out – like, I'm not – it's 21-plus venues. So I had to figure out, like, how to get into these places. Right. That's and so like, it was this kind of like match where it was kind of like, I would have to like, like I, there was one place where I knew how to like sneak through like the side entrance through the kitchen and like stuff like that.
0: Wow. So, so if you go to a 21 and older club
1: mm-hmm. and it's an open mic, yeah. you can't perform theoretically? I, I mean, in theory, I'm not allowed in, huh. um, but some places don't care. A good amount of places don't care, but some places really care. And those sometimes tend to be like the better, like the comedy store in LA really cares about that kind of stuff and they're one of the best comedy venues in the world. And did you manage to get in there before you were 21? Uh yeah, but it's cuz I had like friends who worked the door and that kind of stuff. But you figured yeah. it out is yeah. the bottom line. Uh-huh. So, and that's that's kind of one of the the things I like
0: asking guests, like where does this either where does the interest come from or where does the the guts come from? Like what in your development would say, you know, what I'm going to get in the side door. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get in here, right?
1: I think the other thing though is like most kids are afraid of what their parents are like. The punishment isn't like the law, it's their parents. Right. And I knew that like my parents wouldn't have cared that much about this kind of stuff. So I feel like I just wasn't worried. Got it. Which is, you know, I was lucky. So since we're on comedy, let's talk about that. Where did the interest come from? I don't know. I always liked. It was like stand up, like stand up was always one of like the the things I was like I loved watching and I was super into. Um, and then it was one of those things that I always thought I was going to try. And then in high school, I kind of I played sports, but I wasn't really great at them. And then I kind of didn't have like anything going on really besides like schoolwork, and I wasn't really great at that either, as you know by looking at my grades. Um I don't know. It was it was just something I thought I would try. Oh, it was Pete Davidson. Oh, you know, yeah, that's was, right. right. Yeah, I remember this. I saw his Kimmel set. He did He did five minutes on Kimmel when he was 20, which is younger than me now, which is disappointing. But <laughs> he did it when he was 20, and I was watching it, and I was like 15 or whatever, and I was like, oh, I should try it. And then I, yeah, started doing it. So you did it to get girls, is what you're saying. Oh, ex- Oh yeah, 100%. You know, that's what comedy is for women. Because <laughs> you travel all the
0: time, and you're such a good person to date, basically. Yeah, exactly. 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 Yeah. Basically, yeah. So um, do you remember the first time that you...
1: Oh, up? yes I do. <laughs> okay. Um it was I told one of my best friends, Jacob, and he was the only person I told that I was doing it. Um a few of my friends knew that I was like thinking about it, but like I, I was like I'm going to he drove me. So I guess we were 16. Um and he took me to this basement in Hollywood. Like it took, like an actual basement, like a literal like like unexaggerated basement. And there was four people there. Um they were all like 50 and sad, you know? <laughs> And they were just, just it was so bad. Like, oh, I don't know. If you don't know, open mic comedy is the worst thing to experience in your life. Like, it's just, it's so. Like, sometimes it's funny, but most times it's not. And Why? this one, it's because the people who are good there are trying out new jokes. That there's no stakes. Um, like, I see people who are like, I'm fans of at open mics every now and then, mm-hmm. and they, like, it's no stakes. Like, they're doing it to try out new stuff. Right. And every now and then, you'll get like someone who's like great, but it's kind of like who's, like doing good stuff, but it's rare. Um, and then there's all these dudes who like never got past the open mic stage. And that's most of them, uh-huh. especially in LA for some reason, but it's like older, normally men, some women who just, this is like, they've been doing open mics for like, like as long as there have been open mics, you know? Right. And it's, they're just miserable. They never made it. They think the world's like against them. And then they've, they've totally stopped trying to be funny. They're doing it just cause like they have nothing else to do at this point.
0: Well, I actually, when I was uh, probably 22, I did open mic once. Congrats. Um, yeah. Um and it was just a lot of me doing impressions it was ridiculous but it was a room full of comedians. And yeah, so oh, totally. I was I was towards the end of a two hour mm-hmm. set basically mm-hmm. and no one laughed at anybody's jokes, period. Yeah. So it was just basically a room of silence and people getting up there and doing jokes. That's how it is a lot of the time, yeah. So open mic is really just about getting on stage, facing any fears that you have, developing stage presence and trying jokes. But you don't yeah. get the feedback from the audience.
1: Yeah, so it's definitely especially what makes comedians laugh isn't what makes like regular people laugh. Right. So a lot of times they'll do a joke at a mic and it'll murder and then you're like, Oh, I have a joke now and then you go to- an audience and you're like, oh no, I don't have a joke actually.
0: (laughs) So when was the first time you actually had an audience that laughed?
1: Um, Probably about a month-ish in. There's these things called bringer shows, which are ways basically to uh, take advantage of like new comedians. Mm -hmm. And it's basically like a club will say like, hey, if you bring five people, you can perform on the show and you don't know anything. So you're like, oh, that's how it works, right? And so you get like five people to pay like the $10 cover charge or whatever. And um, then you perform. So it's like, it's kind of like a pay to play kind of thing. But yeah, like a month later I did that. And it was fun. Like, it was really fun. Like I did like well, I thought, but it was in front of like, you know, my friends. So it didn't right. really matter. But, but yeah. people laughed. Yeah. People like they, it felt like good.
0: Yeah. yeah. So when you got off, is that something that you said to yourself, I want to do this? Like oh, this yeah. is.
1: Oh, I knew from the first one that I, like, I did even the basement. One, even the knew. basement one. Like I went up and it was like my friend and like three old dudes who like afterwards were all just like making fun of the fact that we were like 16 or whatever. Right. Um. And like, even then, like I, was, I still like light, like it was still fun. <laughs> like it's something like, enjoyable about it do you oh. remember an
0: early joke that you told that you can actually say on air because I know um. I've seen your sets <laughs> and, the, your early I,
1: sets not now but you were well, there's one joke that I wrote before I started comedy that I still say and not often like I'll do it when I'm doing like 30 or 40 minutes but it's um uh, in the last year over 200,000 people quit smoking uh, because they died <laughs> it's just it's simple like set up punch but you know right yeah that's great I remember that joke yeah um classic
0: so you're now what a a junior in high school college and no no i know but when you were doing open oh back then then, (laughs) so you were you did your first open mic then a month Mm -hmm. later you know you get your friends in yeah and you decide you know what i'm going for this what did Uh what was your thinking process at that time
1: i don't think i thought that hard about it like it wasn't like a like i didn't make like a 10-year plan like here's where i have to be here here's where i have to be i just kind of knew that like. It was a fun thing, and like I enjoyed doing it. And then I started meeting people who did it, who were like kind of cool. And it was just like a, it starts with, like a fun like community to be a part of. Well, sometimes. And you, I
0: believe also you told me I think back when you were in high school about a ten year cycle, like a ten year testing period.
1: That's what they say. It's like one of those things. Like I don't know if it's true because I haven't gotten to it yet. And also I know people who are like, but basically they say like ten years is how long it takes to be like good at comedy. Right. Like, well, actually, it's, it's really,
0: if you look at uh, Blink and Malcolm Gladwell and 10,000-hour mm-hmm. rule, the yeah. idea is, is that it takes 10,000 hours mm-hmm. to get to be an expert in anything. Sure. And if you do 40 or 50 hours a week, mm-hmm. it takes 10 years. That's yeah. the general rule before got you it. really know what you're doing. So, so that's ripped off where... Malcolm Gladwell yeah, Pretty much. Yeah, exactly My bad. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so you decide, look, if I'm going to have uh, 10 years to get mm-hmm. good at something, I better start failing now.
1: Yeah, exactly. Again, I'm 16. Nothing counts yet. We're not playing for points or whatever. Like right. Parents still let me live with them. So, yeah. so what, how many, uh, you know, I, I said in the mm-hmm. beginning that you were doing between
0: six and 12 open mics a week. Yeah. Why?
1: Uh, is what you, I, mean, I, first of all, we lived in, I lived in LA, right? And so I was easier. in one of those few places that there were that many mics to go to. Um, that's a normal amount that's like most people do. Like I do more now. That's, like, a normal amount for, like, someone who's trying to get into comedy to do. Wow.
0: So would you do those multiples on a night? You'd go to one club and then drive to another one?
1: Yeah, and that's one... I live in New York now, and that's one thing that's great about New York is that I can do, like, five or six sets, like, open mics and, like, regular shows, like, every night.
0: And do you do the same set, or do you mix it up, try jokes, work things in? Normally...
1: Um, in a night I'll be trying to work on like one specific thing. And obviously it matters like on the room and stuff. Like there's different rooms that I'll do. Like, you know, I'm if I'm in midtown, I'll do something that I'm different than when I'm in Brooklyn, you know, it's like different, like different, different 40 rich, 40 year olds who are rich in suits versus like 25 year olds who are living off their parents. So like it's a different audience. Got it. Um, but then normally when I like every I'm like normally I'm working on like a joke or like I'm trying to like fix like some part like normally I, like every night I'm trying to like work on something specific. Uh huh. And so like t- like I'll do that, but then you can't just like do the new thing. You have to do like the old stuff that works also so they like you and all that stuff. <laughs> right. They remember that you're good or whatever. Um and then sometimes like if I'm doing like a big show, like two weeks ago I did the Laugh Factory for like the second time, uh-huh. which is like a big deal for me. And um I just like I was doing five minutes and I just did like five minutes like my best jokes. Right. And that was because okay. you want to be invited back. Yeah, exactly. Was, like I just want to do well, not working on anything.
0: So what is your process? Do you keep a little notebook on you that you yeah. write jokes on and every time you sh- record on your phone?
1: I have a notebook. I lost it two days ago, and I'm very oh. mad about it. But um, yeah, I normally I would have – I was going to pull it out. But uh, normally I have like a little notebook in my pocket, and I just – I like handwriting. Huh. I do that for like scrapes too, yeah.
0: And it just hits you at any random thing. You being yeah, be in totally. class. You could be walking down the street. Yeah, or like funny talking to you.
1: friends or whatever, yeah. Uh,
0: I know that every comic I've ever met at some point at multiple times has completely bombed. Oh, Yeah. Tell me about a time that you bombed.
1: Um, one time that I bombed really hard in high school um, was this. There's this thing called the New York or not the New York, so LA's funniest competition, and it's a totally illegitimate competition. But I did <laughs> not know that at the time. Like the city of LA didn't agree that this was how that worked. But they had like different categories, and one of them was the under two years category. So it was like if you've been doing it for less than two years. So it was like pretty low stakes. Right. And the first year I did it, I got second place in that. Wow. Yeah, and so but no, then the story gets bad. Um but wouldn't that be crazy? Yeah, that was it. And then no and then never they, bombed. And you have a um, Netflix special. Yeah, exactly. Year. That'd be right. No, I that so then I was like I was feeling pretty good. I was like, this is good. So then the next year, I came back. I was still two years and under because I was two years now. Right. And um I was like, Oh, I'm gonna come back, I'll win it easy. This guy the guy who won first place last time is probably not in the two years and under category anymore. I have no competition. And so I went and there's rounds in this thing and so um the first round is basically you're in front of like three judges and no one else. And then by the end of the last round, is like a sold out theater, basically. Uh-huh. Um, but so this first round, last time I did it and I had done like pretty, like the judges were laughing and they were like, thought I was like cute or whatever. And um, this time I did it and the judges just couldn't, I don't know what it was, n- not even like a smile. Like just not, like I, it was basically like I went up and did five minutes for nobody, like wow. for no humans. And they're like, yeah, you're not getting past. And I was like, yeah, no, I, I understand that.
0: And how do you feel when you're up there and it's just, you? it's just silence. You just
1: rethink everything, especially because these were the exact same judges who'd made me second place wow. last year. And so it was just like, have I gotten worse this year? Like what changed? And then I realized that it was like, oh, I, I'm like, before that I was doing basically set up punchline stuff. And like, these judges were like older dudes and they're like, that was more what they liked. And then uh-huh. I was moving more into like altier stuff, huh. which is working better for me now. But then, um. Back then, I didn't know any of that. Back then, I was just like, "Oh, I'm not funny anymore. Like, I've lost it right this year. Not that I've ever like had it, but like, I'm like, whatever I was doing has just been totally, and ins- it's just it, like, you rethink because you work really hard at it. You know, right, You're, right. like it's like I'm building a thing, and then when these people who like I looked up to like just didn't even smile, I was just like, wow, this is I should. And
0: these are people that are judges that they're supposed to know yeah, what exactly. funny is. right? Yeah,
1: like they're judging me. Like they weren't like just random people. They're judging me on how funny I am. And they're right. like, no, you are not. So like, oh, that, sucks. Uh,
0: that brings up a big question, uh, especially for comedians. But mm-hmm. anybody trying anything new, it always involves periods of self-doubt. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with that? How did you deal with that moment?
1: Um, I was pretty sad that night. I, I, I don't think any, I didn't like... You know, it was I kind of got over it pretty quickly, I think. Okay, like so it good.
0: just like pick yourself back up and be like I got to get out there. Somebody's yeah. laughed at one point. I, I can yeah, get exactly. somebody to laugh at something. I
1: Just went back and started doing open mics again. Yeah. Okay, But I don't know. I feel like at one point like because when you're 16 nothing counts yet you know you don't have like these big like you're not sure. like i need to feed the kids or whatever it's kind well of but like... the
0: only thing is is that what i see a lot is is that students are so afraid of failure it doesn't matter yeah. that they're 16 or they're like i'm too young mm-hmm. or i don't i can't say this thing mm-hmm. or i can't get into clubs they'll put up barriers when in yeah. actuality being 16 or 17 or whatever it is is probably one of the biggest benefits yeah definitely. because y- it's time for you to fail who cares mm-hmm. right go for it at this point it,
1: like if you do an, anything embarrassing you do at 16 it it's just a good story for later, you know. <laughs> like, there's not like unless you like murder somebody, like anything you do, then it's fine, right? You know, that, that's a good philosophy. Six is little old, but like fourteen, <laughs> sixteen, you're basically an adult. But yeah. So let me
0: ask you this: Are there still times uh, now that you are having a bit of success that you still doubt yourself?
1: Oh yeah, totally. I mean, I um like because so now I'm in New York. I'm probably doing like twenty to thirty sets. Maybe no, that's not true. Less than thirty, like somewhere between fifteen and twenty sets, like a week. Wow. And so I'm, I bomb, at least two of those like and, every week. And we're talking about the same jokes, just to not, a different audience. It's not always the same jokes, but uh, like there's normally like one or two jokes that I'll pull. Like I have like one or two so like my favorite jokes, but they change all the time. But right. like Um. Yeah, it's like jokes in front of people, and I'll like I'll bomb very hard sometimes. Wow. Yeah.
0: And again, it I would imagine too when we're going to get into filmmaking here in a few minutes that doing this kind of thickens your skin oh, to just about anything. So like it's when fun. you get turned down by girls all the time, right? I mean, that just <laughs> yeah, something totally. you, yeah, exactly.
1: yeah.
0: Uh, you get used to it and you pick yourself up and you go you go back out there again. Yeah, and right? I go do another open mic. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. It's great. So uh, do you have a funniest joke that you're currently
1: um, saying that, or
0: that you have written a joke that you
1: think is funny? <laughs> a joke. I have a joke that did really well on Twitter recently. Oh, yeah? Which is fun. I'll break it out. Let's, um, let's hear it. It's always weird doing jokes to like one, per- like people. Whenever I tell like people at like parties, or whatever, like I don't tell them. but like whenever. I'm well, I mean, everybody's stuff, like, "Oh, say something funny." Say a joke. Like, it's like I, it works so. No, this is not the like. T- it's like this, this. It wouldn't be funny if I said it now. Right, I'm saying it now, but I'm gonna do um, it anyway. I'm reading it off of Twitter, even though I know it by memory, just to give myself a little barrier. Good. Um, this joke, in case you don't find it funny, it got a lot of likes. Um, <laughs> so you're wrong. Uh, I'm pretending to be a hot girl on Tinder so I can match with my roommate and tell him that I'm coming over so that he'll clean our apartment. <laughs> that was seen by 9 million people. Uh, that, that, how many did, you, did yep. the people? Got 300,000 likes. I mean, I need dislikes? Nobody really did dislikes that's not on, on Twitter. Twitter. I'm sure a lot of people disliked it. That's, pretty sure my roommates disliked it <laughs> no they thought it was layers. they're good they're good dudes. shout out apartment i'm not gonna say the number i was gonna say the address but that would be great give your three five two st- east 13th street apartment three come ring our doorbell and uh give your roommate's cell phone number so that talk to you that um all right so that was actually my address by the way <laughs> I, mean,
0: I i believe that it was yeah. we'll see if we keep that in here um all of a sudden you'll have all these fans now it's yeah like, right Austin, i'm sure this, po- Austin, this, podcast this podcast is gonna, is is gonna yeah, take yeah, you totally, to a yeah. whole nother level you know, um, tell me about filmmaking. So, you have this comedy thing, but all of a sudden you're like, you know what, I really want to do is go to college for filmmaking and hey, let's go to NYU so we can kill two birds with one
1: stone. Yeah, right? Right. I, I really wanted to move to New York. Like, I knew that I'd spent a summer in New York in high school um, at just some camp thing. And I knew that it, it's just, it's a fun place to be. And so then college happened, and my parents both went to like a lot of college, you know, like the four years and like the other four years, and, you know, they have a lot of letters in front of their names. <laughs> and, um, I so they were very, like they were like you're going to college. Like, it wasn't like a question. And so I was like oh, if I'm doing it, I should go to New York and I should probably try something that's fun. Yeah. So film is pretty cool. Right. Yeah. So
0: uh how is NYU
1: film school? Uh, it's great. It's a lot of fun. The first year is definitely kind of bullshit. Like sorry, should I swear? That's I'm, okay. Just, it's, it's-, it's kind of int- not great they kind of because to get in you have to send like all these movies and all this stuff and then the first year they treat you as if you haven't learned anything yet huh. it's, it's kind of like a, like everyone here has taken film all through high school like we know that a camera works right. you know? but then after that like this year is so much fun well isn't isn't sophomore
0: year the year too where you make some extraordinary number of films you make back to back to back five
1: s- films in a semester wow But you, but you make five of your own. But you're in a crew of four people, and that crew of four people each makes five of their own. So you make 20 films. Wow! So you're on set like every weekend, basically. And I'm still on set. Like even after that, you like every weekend someone's filming something huge that they need help with. You know, so you're kind of getting to that groove.
0: So there's a lot of students out there uh, who want to go to film school in Mm -hmm. high school or or NYU specifically. Mm -hmm. What did you do in high school to? build your resume or what do you think helped you get in other than having an amazing college concert? We don't need to talk
1: about yeah, that. Yeah, no, of yeah. course. Danny was the sole reason. Um, I actually bought my win. I don't know if you knew this. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm accusing. Um, Stop it. <laughs> uh I I don't know. I don't, I, de- I took every film class that my high school had to offer. Mm-hmm. And it was definitely the thing I had the most, like it was, the, I didn't really like high school that much. I know that's, you know, not that rare. Right. But it was, I went to like a super preppy high school and most of the stuff there just was not for me. Like it was, everyone was like seven AP classes and like sports, but because we want to get into college, not because we like sports. Right. Which uh, I don't know. So, but the film was, it was like always something I enjoyed. Like all my friends did it and so that helped and it was just like a fun time of like the day And so i really like i, I did i put a lot of time into it in high school without like a plan like right. i did like in high school i was just doing it cuz like i genuinely like enjoyed like making the thing i didn't really think like that far into the future mm-hmm. and then you're 17 and someone's like hey what do you want to do forever and i'm like forever well <laughs> this hobby seems interesting and then you kind of just jump on to it and i i think i was lucky in the fact that like i still like it cuz i could totally if, like if i had gotten into like something else in that time period like if i like i could so see why knitting. i be like yeah knitting like if i was yep. into knitting who knows? Like that could have been my thing, but there's like, there's so many. I feel like I was kind of lucky that I was just happened to be really into this cool thing at the same time when someone was asking me to make like this major life decision.
0: Got it. Well, that's that's I really love the answer because everybody that I've been interviewing has a similar quality, and that when they achieve something, it's because they actually enjoy it, they're not doing it for some other purpose, they're doing it because they actually want to do it. Yeah. So that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, what was the film that you made? to your film for NYU?
1: Um, it was called El Camino. And basically, and by the way, Breaking Brad just ripped off the title for their movie. I
0: know, I saw that. Yeah, I, me La- and my friend. Lawsuit.
1: lost in, in the works, you have yeah, no right. idea. Uh-huh. Um, the My friend, uh, Alistair, who's still one of my best friends, I'm seeing him after this, actually. Nice. Um, it's a, he drives a 1970, I wanna say Ford El Camino. It's like a red, like, it, it's a pickup truck, but it's low down, it's a really cool car. So I'm it's a, basically,
0: for those who don't know what an El Camino is, it's a pickup truck car. It's yeah, basically basically, it it's is. like a,
1: it's a pickup truck, but really cool. And uh, he had this dope car, and whenever, like, and it was from, like, he, he hadn't, like, added stuff to it, so, like, there was no, like, place to plug in your phone. There is now, I think, but back then there wasn't. And it was just, like, a fun thing that we, like, we always drove around in it, and we felt cool. And so I made a movie about how the car was, like, a time machine. Nice. And it was, like, and then they were going through, like, history to rig various, like, elections, like, <laughs> The movie was about um, them, the two main characters, who were me and Alistair, because back then I didn't have any like actors I knew, uh, and because we wanted to be famous. Um, <laughs> We were these dudes who'd like travel through history and rig various elections. So that was, like, our thing. I, I remember
0: this film and it's very clever in terms of the story and in terms of sort of how you shot it. There's that
1: sweeping around the car. I'm pretty sure that's the shot they got me into college because I rewatched the movie and it makes no sense. But that shot is like a good, like I still, I was like, oh, that's, that's a good shot. One of the things that I wanted to mention
0: about this for those who are listening, because I remember your film and it was quite clever, but the sound was terrible. yeah. No, the sound was garbage. Right, but yet you still got an NYU film. Yeah. Right, so for those people, for those students out there who are thinking it has to be some sort of professional production quality to get into film school, it doesn't. It really has to be about ideas, about vision, about Mm -hmm. having some sort of passion about making a film. It comes through. Or knowing someone on the board or something. (laughs) There's so many ways to get into film
1: school. Yeah, there's that. Apparently that too. That's not the way we did it though, (laughs) Austin. Um, Yeah, that's one thing. I mean, I'm not going to pretend to know like what they look for but one thing that seems common that everyone's like every professor i've had has said is that um they look for cuz they don't expect you to be good technically yet they expect you to be good storytellers like at least like mm-hmm. have like you see like the like the signs of like someone who can tell a story because you like audio stuff i learned that in a semester you know but mm-hmm. like i guess the, the thing is like being able to tell a story or whatever but what do i know
0: <laughs> well you know something anyway yeah. so uh, how do you see this unfolding for yourself? You're doing comedy at night now at NYU.
1: Yeah. You're making films during the day. Mm-hmm. Where is this leading? I'm gonna probably live with my parents for a while. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, but like film and comedy are the same in the sense that no one ever actually makes money off of them. Congratulations. You know? Thank you. Like like so like like ten people make a living <laughs> off of comedy and film. You know. Yes. And like like an act like. Not like an assistant, but like actually like making a film, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just like super rare and I definitely get it. Um so if either of them actually end up being able to be livable, that'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. That'd be a lot of fun. Um everyone I know, like people who graduate NYU, it's either like one of my friends will become like a writer on the show mm-hmm. and the other seven thousand will get jobs as waiters. <laughs> and they're like the talent like something like the talent isn't necessarily the reason for either of those things. Like some of my like most talented friends are currently waiters.
0: So why do you guys do it? You can talk about yourself yeah. or even your friends. You know that it's hard. Yeah. You know that very few actually make it, at least make it big, but yet you still do it anyway. Yeah.
1: Why? I just don't know what else I'd be doing really. Like I feel like it's this or like have kids or something <laughs> like that. No, that's the two choices. No, I'm pretty sure. Cause like I couldn't, like, I'm not going to like suddenly do law. Or, right. You know what I mean? That's, right. not, that's not an option. I, I can never. That would be terrible. So if you think you can be a lawyer, be a lawyer is my advice. Um, because it, like, it just doesn't make, I don't, it's just, there's I was, no. I was
0: going to be a lawyer at some point. So you can do really? that. Yeah. Yeah. I, you sh- don't, mind.
1: don't be a lawyer. I, no, well, I mean, I yeah. it wasn't
0: for me. Yeah. But I may, I'd be a good one. I think it was. Yeah. just not, no,
1: no. I don't, it's just, it is, it's the thing that I enjoy doing the most for sure And so I don't understand, like there wouldn't be another thing that I would like want to do. Well, there isn't a a phrase that
0: all adults say at some point in their lives, which, you know, if you do what you love, the money will follow. And that's, you know, not Not always true. true. Not in the slightest. But, well, it can be. But the thing (laughs) is, is that what is abundance? What is prosperity? Is it just money or is it happiness? Yeah, totally. If you were making films, even if they were, you know, Mm -hmm. B movies that were straight to video, but you made a living off it and you got
1: to do what you loved. I'd be so much happier than if I was like a billion dollar lawyer. Right. I think, I don't know. We'll see. I'm still, you know, in college. Maybe one day I'll sell out. (laughs) Probably, hopefully. Someone make me an offer.
0: I really hope not, but you know, the the night's still young, so we'll see where that goes. Um, You know, if you had to choose, if I told you right Mm -hmm. now you could be a A Netflix money making comic or a filmmaker, director. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: If you had to choose one, which one would it be? Comedian. Comedian. For sure.
1: Someone like the comedian life is so fun. It's like you do like doing stand-up every night. It's and also something about comedy that's different about film is that comedy is very direct results. Like comedy, like you write a joke and then I'll like let's say I think of something that kinda like mildly funny right Mm -hmm. now, or something I think is funny. I'll, in an hour, I can go say it six times that's in front amazing. of people and like work on it and craft it and like the results are. And it's also all on you. Like there's some bigger stuff that isn't like getting like auditions at clubs, or, like getting passed or like like TV stuff. That's not you. But the working on the jokes themselves and like making the craft good. That's a hundred percent you. Mm-hmm. Whereas filmmaking is just I love it, but it's such a bureaucratic process. Right. There's so much like paperwork. And I'm very lucky that I have a roommate who um, is loves doing all that kind of stuff, and so he's very nice, and he produces my stuff for me. Really, but it's, yeah. His name is Matthew Herbert. He's my boy. Um, go Matthew. Yeah, go Matthew. Uh, but there's just like it's such a long, like it's a way more long and thought, and I love it, and it's fun, and it's great, and like good movies are like I think better than good comedy, mm-hmm. but it's just like to do that is so much more difficult and the lifestyle is definitely less fun like it's way more like sitting in a dark room like staring at a computer screen
0: and you know there is a there is a a stereotype that a lot of comics are depressed. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, there's a community mm-hmm. of comics that, you know, you, especially when you start to go on the road, you see the yeah. same people over time. Have yeah. you already started developing that community? Do you, you see oh, people in New York all the time? Totally. That,
1: that, some of my best friends now are people I met at open mics at some huh. point. And also, yeah, there's definitely more depressed comedians than real people. But I also think that comedians are just kind of more honest about it. Interesting. one thing. Like comedians are very much like upfront because you kind of have to be. You have to be more like in touch, right? With it's like mine. What's different or whatever. So you like they're much more like in touch with like what makes you different. Regular people, so yeah, they're probably more depressed, but they're also more honest about being more depressed. I think I'm not that, taking no studies whatsoever. I mean,
0: <laughs> but that's a good insight. I mean, yeah. because you have to sort of bear yourself. Mm, yeah, you know, definitely. I mean, you have to. The more real you are, the more that you connect with an audience, right? Yeah. So it does definitely come out. And also, I think that I, it can't be easy traveling to motels and doing like. No, it's
1: definitely not. You yeah.
0: know, little tiny podunk mm-hmm. little clubs in the middle of the country. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, other worst time I bombed this last year. One of my friends, um, who was like a bigger headlining comedian, he took me up to what about Buffalo, New York? Mm-hmm. Which um, terrible place! Don't go there. Uh, <laughs>
0: Niagara Falls is nearby
1: though, so it's <laughs> yeah, it's in Canada. It's a different place. <laughs> Technically, I, they they say that on their sign. like Niagara Falls, but the real Niagara is open. See, it's so bad they can't even have the thing they say they have. Um, they they invented Buffalo wings. Those are you can get those anywhere though. Like they're the same. Uh, I went there, and it was the single most drunk audience I think I've ever encountered. Like these people, I don't understand how they stood up afterwards. Like it was, real, like there was yelling out. There was a mother and daughter who were like hitting on every comedian, but like not like they were like in a trashy, way, like not even in like a fun way. Uh, I I bombed so hard. I they d- d- didn't. I d- we didn't speak the same language. I don't think. And I
0: assume <laughs> that you drove to Buffalo, which has got to be what four, five, he, six hours. Uh,
1: eight hours. He drove oh. the headliner drove, which was nice.
0: Well, that's great, but yeah. then you got to sit back and yeah, drive yeah. all the
1: way back being like, oh, that was fun. Thanks that's, for inviting me. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it was nice of him to bring me. Shout out, Alan. I appreciate you. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was not great. Have you uh, have you developed
0: any mentors in the comedy um, arena that is that taking you under their wing or somebody like super, just got super famous who- you know is going to bring you along and put them on your sh- put you on your show.
1: I wish. That I definitely have friends who are like bigger than me who like help me out and like give me notes on different things, but no one I would like put the whole like mentor thing on.
0: But it's a supportive community like nobody's trashing one another, right? Oh, you they guys- definitely are. Like, oh, like, there there's are. definitely
1: like there's definitely beef within the comedy scene, but overall it's definitely more friendly than it is mean. Well, that- but there's definitely a lot of jealousy and a lot of like why is he getting this and I should be there or whatever. But definitely not more than like you know, anything else.
0: Fair enough. I guess that's true in any Mm -hmm. profession. Um, I'm going to ask you uh, a few questions I ask most guests. Please. How much of your success thus far do you feel is natural talent, and how much do you feel is hard work?
1: Um, I feel like I don't have, like, a huge amount of success yet, which is, you know... Interesting. Yeah. Why am I on this podcast? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, because you have
0: because again, I, I like to interview students who I'm mean, like, there are some there are some interviewees that have done incredible things. Yes, but and you actually Austin. <laughs> No Austin because <laughs> you actually are performing at real comedy clubs. You yeah. are going to a film school that mm-hmm. a lot of people around the world want to go to. That is true. And so your story what intrigues me is is again you did this and you made up your mind and you did it and you did it consistently. You figured out, which is another question I have for you, how did you manage to do that many open mics and go to school at the same time? Like, how did you do your homework?
1: Uh, I was fine letting my grades suffer a little bit, I think.
0: But So you that you, you made that choice, though. <laughs> yeah. Right? And you did it because you loved the craft, and Definitely. you went on, and you did it, and you fell down, you bombed, yeah. like, whatever. You still kept doing mm-hmm. it, and that's a very interesting story, because yeah. a lot of people think, oh, there's an overnight success. And I think I heard Bradley Cooper say, yeah, overnight success. I slept on people's couches for, like, 10 years before yeah. I got my first job.
1: And that's the... Th- like, every comedian who comes up, who's, like, in air quotes, overnight success, like, they've been in it for over 15 years. And right. it's kind of annoying that that's a phrase still, but people will like that idea, like everyone likes the idea of like the lottery winner of like someone who woke up one day and was like, Oh, I should try comedy. And then suddenly they're Kevin Hart. Right. But you know, that doesn't, Kevin Hart was one of the most hardworking
0: dudes ever. Right. Yeah. So, you know, that's why that's actually, well, that and, you know, I like you, you know. Thank you. you I appreciate you, it. Yeah. Absolutely. Good to see you again.
1: I've been waiting for the call. i sad <laughs> it had to be over
0: like this, but yeah.
1: So again,
0: let's go back to the question. Sorry, so the question? Uh, the question is how much do you think is um, natural talent mm-hmm. uh, versus how much is hard work?
1: Um, I think the hard work is definitely the bigger one. Cause there's, I have so many friends who are like so good. Like, so like I have so many people who I know who have, like kind of do comedy mm-hmm. who are the best comedian I've ever met, wow. you know, like who are like, so like their instincts are so funny. And they're so like good at everything, but they don't put the work in, and that you're never going to get anywhere with that. Like, right. they're, they're, like I'm farther ahead than they are, even though they definitely have more natural talent than I do. Got it. So I think it's hard work is, but you know, you have to be. There's some people out there who work really hard. I'm like, why are you doing this? You should stop. <laughs> you know. We've
0: seen those people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Um, do you have advice, if, or what advice would you give for a six-year-old, or well, that's that's a little young, but eleven-year-old, fifteen-year-old who's thinking about either doing film or doing comedy? Any? Um,
1: six-year-old, don't get onto airplanes, please. Uh, we hate you. Eleven-year-old, um, <laughs> what's eleven? Like elementary school? Well, eleven is like um, sixth grade. You just, just be an eleven-year-old. You know, don't stress too much. Make like I don't if make like funny videos. Like, but don't like do what you like. I don't know. It's it should kind of you should do it because you want to do it. And I don't think anyone's gonna listen to this and make their kids. Change, like change their kids lives because of it or at least i hope not um but 11 year old like if you want to make movies make movies like when i was 11 i made movies right like i really and it was just but it was because i didn't know what a movie was like i right. just enjoyed doing you know i had like my little camera and like my friends would be like go jump off the thing you know mm-hmm. And it was like i wonder what those are actually but yeah um 11 year old make movies or don't make movies okay is my advice 15 uh yeah you should be making movies for sure um, or, you know, be doing... I don't know. I feel like if it, we put too much pressure on, like, high schoolers to, like, make these huge decisions about things, Agreed. about their lives. 100%. And that's why we have to pay Danny so much money to get us into college. <laughs> and if we didn't put this pressure, Danny would be living in a smaller house. So um, <laughs> too <Touche. laughs> Uh But 15-year-old, um, I think that it's important to remember... Maybe this was just my high school, but it seemed like there was, like, two options. It was, like, you're gonna go to a really... Like, people didn't care about, like what you did in college, it was which college you went to, kind right, of. unfortunately. Where it was like the number, like it was all the numbers game or whatever, where it was like, oh, this college is this percentage or whatever. Right. And, and it's kind of like you should find the thing, and everyone's told them this, but you like, find the thing like you want to do. And if you don't know, it's like fine, you know, you shouldn't. Yeah,
0: I mean, that's what college is
1: for, in yeah, my exactly. opinion.
0: You can go figure things out there. Yeah. But, you know, if someone is 15 and they want to do comedy, for example. Oh, just
1: go do it. Okay. Like you're, and, and you're not going to be good. Is the thing that's one thing I w- that's one thing I wish someone had told me. At sixteen, at sixteen, I was like, "I am the greatest." No, you're not. I don't care who you are. You're not good at it, and that's fine. I'm still not good at it. I've been doing it for like five years now. It's like you're not gonna be like it takes so long to like get like pass. Like I just started doing not just like a year or two ago, but I started getting like getting like regularly booked like comedy clubs mm-hmm. in like New York, and it took me like so long to do. It, and I was like frustrated before that. And I was like, "Why am I not like Why am I Why are they booking me? Why aren't they paying me? Like, like they should be doing this stuff." And I'm like, "No, I I get it." Like. You're not ready yet. Right. You know? and it I, takes time. I,
0: I will tell you, like I, I remember your early comedy, and you know, not everything was funny, but you did Thank have you. some jokes. I mean, you are funny, just Thank naturally. You. I appreciate it, and I think that that comes through. I think it comes through in the podcast too. Like it's a mixture <laughs> I wrote of wrote sar- all this down
1: before. So yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a mixture of sarcasm and being quick on your feet, Thank you. um, and then you just channel it. But like you said, even if you were naturally funny in high school and you did have some jokes that slayed, mm-hmm. uh, it's process. And you, yeah. you, I mean, other than that one joke you told us, I think you were. I remember you telling me you were. Writing so many jokes that your set
1: every month
0: or two months was almost completely different.
1: And that's how it should be at first. Like if you're if you're like a year or two into comedy and you're still doing the same jokes, like this, stop it. Like what are you doing?
0: Right. You it's should constantly be evolving.
1: Yeah, like not, even now, my set every like six months or so I'll have a totally new like tight ten, like ten minute set. Yeah. And that's I think that's how it should be. Like you should be writing so much that like you're getting so good that the joke you told a month ago isn't good anymore. Well there's a there's
0: a concept called writing for the trash can. And that is, um, you know, if you're an author or even if any kind of writer, 99% of what you write is going to go in the garbage. Sure. But you can't get the 1% of brilliance out until you write the 99%. it has got to come through yeah. you. You've got to get the stuff out of you. you got to flow. It's got to be a regular thing. Sense, yeah. You can't just wait around until the brilliance comes. Yeah. And right? that's
1: one reason why I get up on stage and like everyone gets up on stage like every night is because even when you don't want to, like you don't know when... Like every joke I've ever written basically hasn't been, like I'll I'll try to sit down and write every day and that almost never works. It's kind of, but you have to do it so that you're in the mindset of writing so that later on you're like, oh, writing, you know, you can't like get like stale with it.
0: Sure. That's that's, good advice. Let me ask you this. What is the one thing you wish I would have asked you in the last 30 minutes or so?
1: Oh, like on this podcast? Yes. Um, One thing I wish you would have asked me, um, how am I doing? No, I don't know. Uh, You're doing well, actually. Thank you. I one thing I wish you would have asked me.
0: Nobody could answer this question. That's what yeah, I yeah. This like is to a hard it. one.
1: I feel like one thing. I, maybe this is like a high school like themed podcast, right?
0: It is. It's, I mean, it's for young people to listen and and learn something.
1: Yeah, it's more high school stuff. Like how like like because it's starting out was like definitely difficult. And like dealing with like high school stuff at the same time is like annoying. Right. I don't know. I feel like you, you're pretty good. You're right, good That's good. That's yeah. good. All right. Sorry, I should I should. have. No, no. I, actually, answer. I
0: only ask that because yeah. I, I think of the guests that I've had so far, no one has had an answer. Yeah. And I'm just curious to one day if, if something, because I'm going to learn from it. Somebody's like, yeah. why don't you ask me about yeah. this? I'm, I'm like, sure oh, if you had good. a better
1: guest, they would have had a better answer. Sure.
0: <laughs> I'm sure that's not true. I will just cut all that out now. <laughs> um, okay. So if people wanted to hear more funny things that you had to say, how would they-
1: uh, you, you should follow me on Twitter. Um, my stage name is Austin Locke. It was weird to say Austin Jones. People haven't introduced me like that in a while. It's because Austin Jones is a pedophile that looks exactly like me. <laughs> Have we talked about this? That's right. No. Yeah, Austin Jones, if you Google Austin Jones right did, now, I that's totally not forgot. me. I swear to God. Um, he looks just like me. It sucks. Do you want
0: me. me to, by the way, do you want me off off the record? No. Do you want me to re record no, the name, name in the beginning? name Austin
1: Jones. It's fine. Um, okay,
0: but nobody knows you as that.
1: But no one knows me at all, so it's fine. <laughs> uh, my mom knows me as that. Uh Austin Locke, L O C K E, is my stage name. I was so close. Cool. So I was sixteen, picking stage names, right? So close to being Austin Cobain. <laughs> like so unbelievably close. I'm. Thank God that I didn't. Like so that's one thing. If you're sixteen, don't use. Don't, oh, first of all, don't get music tattoos. Okay, like, number one. Get tattoos are fine, but don't get a tattoo of music you like right now because you're not gonna like that anymore. Whoops. Yeah. Right. That's a mistake. Um. But also, don't name yourself after a musician who you think is Jesus Christ reincarnated, because he's not, or he might be. Who knows? But uh, and, and he's yeah. no longer with us. Yeah, exactly. So, um, Austin Lock because I was pretentious and awesome. I decided that was my name from now on. Okay, good. Yeah. And so, where can we find you uh, on Twitter at Austin Locked Up? I had to say that so that Locked Up wasn't weird. So L O C K E D. Yeah, Austin um, Locked U-P. up. Yeah, on um. Twitter um, for some great content, and yeah, that's that's the place. Thank you, Austin. I really appreciate you on the show. You.
0: If you want to learn more about Austin, as well as the specific steps he took to follow his dream of becoming a comic and a filmmaker, go to our website, dannyruderman.com, and become an XUVIP. You will not only get access to all our episodes, but you will also be able to download free guides that have step-by-step action plans and resources that will help you become extraordinary. If you want to tell us your story or ask for help, go to dannyruderman.com slash your story or reach out via Instagram at dmruderman. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And while you're there, please leave us a review. Extraordinary You is produced by Anna Darling, music by Giam, sound editing by Rob Perra. Extraordinary You is a production of Acast.